Chapter 1, Ladies' Bar Several years ago, when I was in school studying film, I would go to Mexico in between the semesters and travel around, take pictures, and experience the different culture. One of my favorite cities in Mexico is Guanajuato, and that's because it's extremely colorful. The architecture is interesting. It has very narrow streets, uh, has a certain mystique about it. And I can't really put my finger on it, but I, I'm drawn there every time and I can't stop taking photos when I'm there. So I had always thought that that would be an excellent place to, to shoot a movie. So one year I came to Guanajuato and I got a room in a place that I'd stayed at before, Casa Cluster with a K. And I'm not sure why, if, you know, that's not a Hispanic name. Uh, that sounds more German to me, but the architecture in it was very strange, very, very tall ceilings with split beam uh, roof ceilings and very narrow, dark, no windows. And I had the most bizarre dreams in the rooms I would stay there. So I thought it might be a good place to come up with an idea for a movie. And uh, these, these dreams that I would have there were bizarre in that they didn't feel like they were my dreams. They felt like I was dreaming someone else's dreams. So on one particular trip, I'd had some very strange dreams, and I'd visited the Mummy Museum that's there in Guanajuato. Um, over time, they ran out of space. It's very closed in. There's three or four mountaintops that surround Guanajuato, and it's very high in minerals, the, the soil is. And a lot of the roads pass underneath the city in an old river that used to be there. So there are lots of tunnels that sort of go in and out and around, and it's a very bizarre city. But this mummy museum, when they ran out of room, they took the poorest people that couldn't afford to have their family members moved further away to the new cemetery and they put them in these glass cases and they have a museum there you can pay to go through and um, have a look at them. And I know it sounds kind of sick, but I've paid, through, I've paid to go through twice and uh, it, it is kind of interesting because they still have the same clothes that they wore back then and they're very well preserved because of the, the mineral content and the soil. So after I'd had a look at the mummies and a night of strange dreaming, I decided to go to a place called Ladies Bar, which was this cavernous dark bar that uh, I'd seen the sign for and I thought, well, maybe they meant ladies night or that seems like a strange name for a bar. So on my way to the bar, I had a pen and I'd forgotten my journal, but I thought, you know, I'm going to do a little creative exercise and I'm going to go into this bar and grab a napkin. And the first interesting thing that happens, it's sort of out of the ordinary. I'm going to make that the beginning scene of a movie and then just sort of layer on top of that and see where it goes. Well, I go into ladies bar and I sit down and I notice that uh, it's very cavernous and dark and there's some pornography playing on a video screen at the end of the bar. 
And the tables in the bar were just your regular basic cocktail sort of tables. And all the men seemed to be overdressed with bolo ties. And the women they were with were overly dressed and skimpy sort of outfits, not the sort that you would expect a man's wife to be wearing, but, and maybe not even his girlfriend. It looked like it was mostly prostitutes, to be honest. But I was just having a beer and observing, and I noticed this young boy that was sort of working the tables, going from table to table, asking them if they wanted to buy these flowers. Uh, I believe they were carnations, but he might have had some roses mixed in as well. He went from table to table, and then he got to my table, and he asked me if I wanted to buy any flowers. And I told him, no, I'm alone. I, I don't need any flowers, but thank you. So he kept on working the tables and sold a few flowers and then was turned away at a few tables and then wound up coming back to my table and asked me again, do you want to buy some flowers? And I said, no, thank you. I'm by myself. I don't need any flowers. And he said, well, buy me a flower. And I go, buy who a flower? He said, buy a flower for me. And I go, no, um, I tell you what, if you go to the bar and get me a beer, I'll pay you to go get me a beer, but I don't really need any flowers. So the boy takes off and he comes back with two beers because he says it was two for one beers. So he sits down and he starts drinking the second beer. So <laughs> this kid is about 10 or 11 and I figured, well, okay, that's his tip. Maybe they, maybe uh, children drinking beers are acceptable here. I, I don't know, but we talked for a while and I looked down at my napkin. I thought, well, that was kind of bizarre. Maybe, maybe that'll be the beginning of the movie. So one thing led to another. I added more scenes, more scenes. And in the course of three or four beers and a couple of hours, I had what I thought was a pretty good idea for a screenplay. So I finished the trip and I headed back to Texas and couldn't get this idea out of my head. I just knew in my soul that this would make a great movie, but I didn't know how I just finished with school and I needed to make some money and I didn't have any excuse for not making any money anymore because I was finished with school. But at the same time, I knew that if I just gave up and started working and, and not pursued my dream of making film, that it just wouldn't happen. It would get perpetually put on the back burner and I needed to write this, at least write it. If it was on paper or in the computer, then the chances of me being obsessed enough with it would be high enough that it might actually get made, or at least an attempt would be made. So I worked on trying to find a situation where I could make some money and continue traveling and come back to Mexico to write it here. I met a fellow named Brent Buford, who I wound up having a business with. Uh, he had the same idea that I did that um, that maybe if we shared our clients and took care of each other's clients that we could take turns traveling and he was better in some areas than than I was and and I was stronger in some areas than he was so it it, it worked out to be a pretty good matchup I think so a year later it's my turn uh, to go on a trip and Brent's going to take care of the clients. Um, we're, I'm going to head out just after the Christmas holidays for three weeks. I've got three weeks to write this screenplay. So I had the opportunity to visit 
some friends in New York and stay with a friend, uh, Scotty Kloster, that's with a C, uh, no coincidence, in on Long Island for New Year's Eve. So I was going to try to pack in a trip to New York and New Year's Eve, then fly back to Texas, then head out for Mexico on a bus. <laughs> 